Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Your Vibes Podcast. Everybody's got a vibe and a story to tell. Here's this one. I hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Your Vibes Podcast. We're knocking out a bunch of them this week. I am here uh, with a grizzly man himself, um, <laughs> Mr. Cedar Ridge Outdoors. Mr. Warren Ashworth, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time to come out here. Uh, I think you had mentioned maybe this isn't your first podcast to do, so I, I hopefully you know the, the comfortability of the situation. I know I have a lot of people come in here and uh, are a little nervous, but by the end of it, uh, you know we could have kept talking for another hour. It's just kind of how these things go, and um, you know from the post I put on Facebook, kind of just looking for guests and. Um, interesting people around Dixon. You came uh, highly recommended by a good buddy of mine that I went through leadership with, and um, I think we're going to dive in and get some really cool stories today. So uh, we were just briefly chatting before, and and um, Warren comes from California, and and then he eventually wound up in Dixon and and started uh, an outdoor company, Cedar Ridge Outdoors, based uh, in downtown Dixon. So um, I think we're really just going to get started and kind of get your backstory and and build that up to kind of what you were doing and how you were operating and where you lived and then kind of what led you to Dixon. Then we can kind of go in from there. So if you kind of just want to get started as far as, you know, maybe not from birth, but, you know, as far as you kind of started getting a feel in your vibe for life, you know, how, how did that start in California? Um, I, raised, I was raised by a kind of salt-of-the-earth guy. You know, cool. he was a cattle rancher. That's what my dad did for a living. He was a cowboy cattle rancher. That's what he did. That's what he loved doing. And uh, he spent a lot of time in the high country in California, up Yosemite National Park and cool. stuff like that. Cool. And uh, his big thing was he loved fishing alpine lakes, and that's kind of where mm-hmm. my love for the outdoors started. You what know, kind of fish are there? Trout. Okay, uh, cool. You know, rainbow trout, brook trout, stuff like that. You fly know, we, fishing and stuff? Yeah, fly fishing cool. or just, just regular fishing with salmon eggs and hooks. But okay. We'd, we'd hike into these big alpine lakes up, you know, 10,000, 11,000 feet of elevation and sure. fish and hike back out. And, you know, that's just what my dad loved doing. So cool. That's kind of where my love for the outdoors started. Absolutely. And uh, after high school, um, I started work doing a little bit of work in the construction industry and some for the forestry service in California. Okay. Doing some wildland firefighting. And, man, the cost of living is just outrageous in California. So um, my mother had moved to Tennessee okay. and said, oh, you ought to come check it out out here. So I came and visited and never left. Wow, so when was this? It was in 98. Oh, so, okay, so you've been, you moved here in 98? Mm-hmm. Wow, and you just, did you move straight to Charlotte, or? Oh, uh, my mom had lived in Thompson Station at the time. Okay, so, beautiful spot. And we really landed on Dixon County, not for any real reason, besides just found some property out here and okay. liked it and bought it. So you just bought a raw <laughs> piece of property and built a house, or? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. cool. How many acres are you on? Um, my parents have uh, about 11 acres. My grandfather has... 20 acres or so cool. and i have about six acres that's all aw- oh, they're all right there together we all kind of live right in oh, a little family on, commune uh-huh. heck yeah, yeah that's <laughs> awesome Charlotte, so. so your parents retired or they work around uh, here my or? mom still works my okay my stepdad's retired and my grandparents are both still alive and they're they're both retired that so. is so awesome so do y'all have any kind of uh in this little commune you live on do you have gardens or kind of outdoor activities or do you hunt or out there or how does yeah, that work um I, I do do some hunting. I haven't been able to do as much as I sure. used to. Sure. Um, we have all have gardens that we grow vegetables in and stuff like that. And uh, we used to have our own cows and stuff, but uh, 
one of the neighbors runs cows on on our place now. Cool. So Ang- Angus cows or uh, yeah, he's got some of the red Angus and black cool. Angus. So cool running around up there. Yeah, we've got uh, a little cattle operation ourselves. We got a, a farm out in Piney Road, and so we uh, uh, we've got I think close to ninety five walking around out there. You got forty. 45 mama cows and so we birth them twice a year and uh it's a fun process man i i i kind of married into that business actually it was nothing i'd really messed around with before until i met my wife and um really enjoy getting out there and working with them cows are uh, a really unique animal and um obviously a big benefit to our whole society and, and food system and everything like that as well too so um, so kind of just before we get too far away from it, um, so these California wildfires, do you still have buddies over there that were yeah. living there that had to deal with all that? Yeah, I still have a lot of friends that still work for uh, Cal Fire out there. Okay. Uh, it used to be all different back when I was younger, but uh, it's all Cal Fire now. So okay. they, you know, they get pulled from wherever they're at. A lot of them work in the bigger cities and stuff, and they get pulled out of the bigger sure. cities. and. They've been deployed on all those big wildfires and stuff out there. I bet so. that stuff was. Did you ever get into anything like that? Uh, that nothing major? real big. Okay. Um, I mean, fairly big fires where Absolutely. they had you know the airplane tankers and you know coming overhead and all that stuff. It's it's pretty it's a pretty wild experience. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's an unfortunate thing because California to me, I've been there a couple times and um, it's just a beautiful state. I mean, you've got mountains, you've got plains, and you've got the beach. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this really neat aspect of so many and especially for an outdoorsman i mean you've got so much opportunity and, and choices to kind of go out and hike or fish or hunt or whatever it may be and um you know given whatever anybody's thoughts is about the actual state and kind of its situation at the moment um you know i had some realtors on yesterday we do like a little i uh, just started like a little uh, local real estate chat real estate vibes or whatever it may be it's just kind of about the market and what's needed and kind of where it's going and um, there's actually a lot of people from California moving to Dixon, really. To, a lot of it's Nashville, Chattanooga, but those that don't really want to live in kind of those big cities are coming to Dixon. Yeah, I have some friends that have actually moved from California to Chattanooga. Uh, some other ones moved to Oklahoma. Uh, so they're all, I, I have a lot of friends that have kind of migrated out here into the yeah, southeast and yeah. stuff like that. And a lot of them are going to Texas as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just individuals, there's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of companies got moving out as well, too. I mean, you've had some really major organizations just kind of pull up out of California and, and, and get out for, you know, a better economic standpoint for them. So Yeah, and that's, I get people ask me all the time, do you miss sure. California? And, and I said, if you take everything else out of it, out of the mix, all the whatever you believe, sure, what you don't sure. believe, I miss the beauty that California has. Uh, you know, I can you got imagine. the high mountains, the seas. Yeah. It's, it's such a pretty state. You I'll know? never forget, you know, flying <laughs> kind of in. Sometimes you fly out uh, over the ocean and kind of loop back around. Mm-hmm. And it was just real neat kind of seeing the plains. And then you could see the snow-capped mountains. And then five minutes later, however long, you saw people in their bathing suits on the beach, you know, because yeah. you were kind of coming in low at that point. So you just really got to, even from the air, get to kind of experience just this awe of, of a really neat, diverse state for sure. So um, so you come here uh, in the 90s and, um, you know, when, you know, what did you start doing like right when you got here? Um, I fell into construction. I had a construction okay. background mostly is what I did when I got out of high school. And, Just residential construction? Uh, well, commercial construction I was doing out there. And then uh, uh, I moved in here. I started doing uh, 
concrete and commercial construction, residential construction, all kinds of it. Okay. Whatever kept me busy at the time. Just your business or you working no, for working somebody? working for other people. Okay. You know, I was young, 18, 19 years old. Cool. So cool. Just a young cat, not much. Sure. Yeah. Well, construction's <laughs> a good business to life. make a little bit of money in, you know, as you're younger and, and really get into... Uh, a trade of sorts, you know, which I think is kind of overlooked a lot these days. You know, you've got all these people banging the door to to get a degree kind of thing, but, I mean, it's not needed for, you know, 75% of the people out there, really. No, so. and I, I spent a lot of time in construction, and, uh, you know, it, it's helped raise my family. So Sure, absolutely, <laughs> and it comes in handy, sure. I mean, down the line, me, personally, I suck at fixing things. You know, I pay people to you know, it's like a second college tuition almost for people to come fix stuff at my house. I'll fix the minor stuff. But yeah. <laughs> I got too much going on, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You get, well, you gotta, you gotta prioritize things for sure. So, um, so you're doing construction and, and you've obviously loved the outdoors and now you're in Charlotte on some property and, um, you know, back in the nineties and early two thousands, Dixon was obviously a lot different than it is now. And, um, oh, yeah, has, this wasn't here. Sure, yeah, this hadn't been here for too long. I mean, a lot of Dixon was. I mean, the whole Thornton Drive obviously didn't come up until the past, you know, six or seven years. And it's um, definitely grown, definitely. Yeah, grown. and Main Street's had a lot of turnover, and and it's it's really kind of starting to settle. And um, so when when did you uh, kind of realize, you know, you're you're into you're in construction, you're doing this, you're doing that. Um, you know, when did you kind of realize the thing, you know. I really want to kind of step out and, and maybe own my own business. And, um, you know, was there anything before Cedar Ridge or was it, did you just kind of jump into it or how, how did that, what was the birth of that? I mean, Cedar Ridge was really just a fluke, really. You know, okay. I, uh, I spent, you know, while I was doing construction, spent a lot of time in, uh, working, you know, in the volunteer fire department here in, uh, Dixon County and, okay. uh, kind of got into wanting to, you know, I really had kind of that heart for for that service. You know, I really cool. I really enjoyed doing it, and so that's when I went and got my got my EMT license and a paramedic license, and okay, and worked full time on the ambulance. And I actually started for the county full time on the ambulance service in 2013, I think, and went full time in 2014. And you know, so I went back to school at a later age. Okay, and I went back to college and and, cool. and got that stuff done. And cool. That was just where. I thought everything was heading. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, being outdoors and hiking has always just been kind of my recharge time. You know, cool. I, I go out in the woods and, you know, hike some trails or do some camping and come back and feel better. Absolutely. Know, Get like, one with nature. You know what I mean? It really they does speak with you. I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, about a guy that was um, a tracker, a professional safari tracker. And he told a story about when he spent um 40 days he kind of took this biblical sense of of all these kind of spiritual teachers and jesus and uh going out into nature for 40 days so he's i think he said there was like 1400 accounts of these spiritual leaders that um ultimately at one point in their life would go out into nature for an extended period of time and just kind of like you said recharge you know find out kind of who they are and that's a huge deal i think a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, take that for granted. Is they're always behind these screens or indoors or or working in an, in a cubicle or whatever it may be, and um, they don't really take the time to kind of get out there and, and find out who they are. Yeah, one of my favorite people in history is John Muir. You know, he spent a cool. lot of time, you know, especially within California. You know, the Sierra Club and mm-hmm. and setting, you know, his work with national parks and stuff like that. But you know, he's got some pretty good quotes that are actually ring pretty true and it's uh 
you know, spend some time in nature and wash your soul clean. Yeah. Or, you know, I'd find myself heading out just to find out, just to find out that I was heading in. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you you know? go within, you know, you kind of, you realize like who you are as a person internally and, and what you can deal with. And, um, you know, the, as innocent as the, the, the camping trip may be, you're, you're obviously out in nature, you know, and, um, you know, there's situations and opportunities that arise that typically wouldn't obviously in your day to day life. And you kind of find out a little bit more of, of kind of what you're made of. Yeah. And it, it strips away the distractions and the, you know, it's, it's a little harder these days, you know, everybody's got a cell phone. That's, Absolutely. You can do whatever you want on these days. So, but it, it, for the most part, strips away a lot of the distractions and, okay. you know, especially when you're laying in the woods at night in a tent sleeping and, you know, you hear the animals in the woods and this and that, you know, there's not much to think about except sure what's going on with you yeah you know? exactly let's clear some shit up with ourselves right now you know let's let's while nobody's here to text me or call me or bug me or you know need something you know a lot of people spend the majority of their day just fixing problems you know they don't really get to tap into that kind of creative side of of who you are and and kind of what you're made of and and what you want to do really so um so we've kind of, i guess now we've kind of touched on the paramedic but before we get into to kind of the the uh, nitty-gritty of, of cedar ridge um, Josh, like I said, who suggested you be on here, told some stories about the the boo boo bus. So, um, you know, before we get too far away from it again, you know, let's. Uh, I, I guess stories. I guess dive into that. So, it, you said it was the the paramedic van, or what was it? Yeah, paramedic. I I'm, I still work full time as a paramedic okay. Uh, okay. here in Dixon County, and I mean it's it's a crazy job. You, you go from it can be anywhere from a stub toe to you know. <laughs> Somebody's world falling apart. You absolutely, know? It's just, absolutely. It's a ride, man, and and sometimes you you get some crazy stories, some stories that you'd rather forget. And sure, you know, sure, it's just, sure. Uh, I mean, so do you have one that really kind of obviously not really naming names or whatever it may be, but is there you know maybe uh, something that kind of stands out to you as far as one of those moments that was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened, or that I had to deal with that, or something along um, those lines. I mean. Really, I think the the hardest ones that get you are like you know these bad car wrecks and stuff that sure. you have to go work and and those are the ones that really kind of stick with you over time you know absolutely especially working here in the county where you live you know you drive past That's all these spots absolutely. all the time you know and uh, it definitely keeps it on your mind and uh, I mean I try to take the good stuff and hold on to that absolutely and kind of let go of the bad stuff you know and. I think EMS gets overlooked a lot, and I mean, I don't think that they don't. That it's not that we don't get, uh, you know, credit that we deserve or anything like that. But just kind of, I don't, I don't know if people really understand, you know, how much they have to deal with. You know, on the ambulance, we deal with, like I said, it can be anywhere from stuffed toe, stub toe to somebody's complete world coming apart. Yeah. You know, because somebody has died or, sure. or something like that. You know, and it's. Uh, you know, we're we're not anything special. That don't give you training in school to do. That's what I was gonna ask. Is like when you're going through your training. Obviously, I mean, same with police officers or whatever it may be. There's obviously a lot of real intense uh, physical and emotional situations. Is there so when you're going through kind of obviously the precautions and and the you know I don't know really know the terminology, but kind of the first aids and the and the steps you're supposed to go through in certain situations. Is there any kind of like emotional type of training at all or bedside manner? You know what I mean? I mean, they teach you a bit on bedside manner and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, for a long time, the culture in EMS and fire has always been suck it up, you know, just 
you got problems, everybody's got problems, you know, just right. something that's going about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's always been kind of culture, and it, it's really been nice lately because that's kind of been changing, you know. Good. With uh, the mental health part side of things and, cool. and with uh, first responders, so... That's, so what are they doing kind of in that realm? So they got the, one of the big things that they got, and I, I try to donate to it every year. It's a code green. Okay. And it's uh, just for mental health awareness and first responders, suicide prevention and stuff like okay. that. You know, first responders run a pretty high risk of, of suicide. I can and, imagine. And things like that, you know. So uh, it's just, it's a tough job, you know. Sure. People get into it and like, oh, lights and sirens, you know, we're going fast and stuff like that. Sure. But it's, it's a hard job. You have to deal with a lot of stuff that, they don't prepare you for and you frankly could never be prepared for oh i can only imagine i mean and 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 given this town like you said i mean it's it's a diverse place you know there's um not necessarily a huge drug issue there there obviously is so i'm sure you may deal with a little bit of some kind of overdose stuff or whatever it may oh, be I yeah i mean that's just um you know and then obviously uh one particular area that i know of um was the the interstate ramps over there all 46 before they were redone i mean there was a whole lot of action that went on out there as far as wrecks and big trucks and stuff like yeah. that is too so um, when you go through that kind of stuff, do you find yourself, um, I mean, I don't know if it's ethical or against HIPAA or however it works, but, um, do you find yourself maybe trying to keep up with those families that, that, um, or, you know, maybe not necessarily stay in touch, but I mean, obviously they'd probably stay on your mind, but is there, you know, what do you do to kind of cope with that or transition um, from that? I mean, I haven't really, uh, tried to stay in touch with families and stuff. There sure. was... I mean, you always wonder. Absolutely. You, know, you always have that. Absolutely. You know, hey, I wonder what happened. And, and sometimes you hear, sometimes you don't. Uh, it's been a long time ago now, but uh, we had a boy that fell through uh, some ice. and oh, uh, man. He was underwater. We didn't know how long he'd been under, and we got him out and actually got him back, flew him to Vanderbilt. Wow. And the last we had heard was, you know, they were kind of worried that he might have a brain injury, and they said that he ended up coming out just fine. So. Well, you fell through ice here in Dixon? Yeah. Where and, was that? Huh? It's been years ago. It's, okay. I was mean, it just on one of the lakes or something? A and he pond, was okay. You know, and and uh, it's just so it's just things like that. You're like you hear little things, sure. But you don't really know, sure. and it's like, man, I wonder whatever happened. Sure. You just you kind know? of hope for the best for him. So you, <laughs> yeah. what you have to do? Do you have to put? I mean, do you just go out there in your gear and grab him, or do you have to go uh, under? Or? Well, actually, one of our great deputies in this county had actually got him out, and cool. Uh, we went from there, so. Just got him out and flew him to Vanderbilt, and yep. as far it's as you know, I mean, he's alive until at least. the helicopter yeah, got there, and cool. the helicopter took over from there. So. Wow. Uh, do you ever, are you, do you ever fly the helicopter or get in the helicopter with him, or is no, it? No, okay. I've heard stories. You know, they, they, <laughs> they had a time where where life flight and air vac and stuff wasn't as, as uh, I guess, around as much as they are now, and they sure. used to have to get Blackhawks from uh, Fort Campbell. Oh, wow. They call it Tiki realize. Mast, and they used to tiki come down mast. and... And uh, land, and you'd load the patient, and the paramedic would get on with the patient. No way. And they'd fly them to Vanderbilt or wherever and drop you off. In a black hawk. In a black hawk. Oh, <laughs> you know, you'd hate to be in that situation, but it should have black hawk come down over like, oh, shit, I'm living through this. This is uh, I mean, awesome. I, I got to tell this story. story. Yeah. I was like, man, if I was only about 10 years old, <laughs> I could have been riding a black yeah, hawk. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Cool. So, um, so you, you're doing that, and you're still doing it full time, and... Um, you know, so, so when was, so let's get into it. When was Cedar Ridge kind of birthed, you know, and, and you said it was kind of random or out of nowhere, but you know, what, what was it, you know, that really kind of flipped that switch for you? So, you know, I started, uh, researching like lighter backpacking gear and stuff like that, you know, cause, 
uh, when I was a kid, man, we used to pack 60 pound packs and just be about tracking, drag them things down the trails and stuff like that. And I tried doing that stuff as an adult and it's just not the same. Sure. It, things move slower, joints hurt more, backs mm-hmm. hurt more. So I started researching some lighter stuff and man, when you start talking about down, uh, sleeping bags and, you know, all these lightweight, ultralight things that they make now, man, it starts costing some money. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of less is more almost, you know, and people know that and to make a, a quality product that not only, you know, keeps you warm, but keeps you dry and is movable and breathable. You know, there's all these different aspects that go into it. So, um, so you're unable to find what you're looking for. And well, yeah. I just didn't really have a budget for it. You know, sure. Public servant salary. We don't make a bunch sure, of money. And, sure. you know, I got, Five kids at home. Oh my goodness! <laughs> You're gonna yeah. repopulate this. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, so there's not a lot of money to sure be spending on sure. high quality backpacking gear. So I thought, man, you know, I bet you there's something on YouTube about making some stuff. Okay. So I got on YouTube and looked around, and sure enough, there's quite a bit of stuff about how to sew things. Oh wow! How to, there's forums around that tell you how to build like sleeping bags and. Uh, tell you where to get materials and all this stuff so i started making my own stuff okay so i made myself a tarp okay it was my first thing that i made which is we still have it it's absolutely atrocious looking <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the original tarp you got the original this is a ground one, tarp is that uh, or just a rain tarp you hang up in the okay. tree or okay you can, you can stick it up with branches and stuff and okay. tie it off to the ground and cool it's it's pretty rough cool but uh and then uh, I made a hammock. Okay. And uh, then I made a, a quilt, what we call, what what now is what we call our quilt. So it was a, a variation of that. Okay. Um, and then I made a lot of bags in between practicing and stuff, sewing. Uh, watched a lot of videos on how to actually work a sewing machine. And my daughter, my oldest daughter is 21 now. She actually had a sewing machine in her closet that she had got for Christmas for okay. one year. That she had never used, and man, I bust that thing out of the box, and, you know, <laughs> flip it on. Here we go, it out, man, yeah. and started sewing some stuff, and uh, it kind of went to then that I got decent at sewing and could make some actually pretty nice stuff, and uh, I had friends say, "Hey, would you make me this or that?" And cool. I'm like, "Yeah, you just pay for the materials, and cool, I'll make it for you." Yeah. So we did that, and I did that for a while, and we was actually. Sitting around a campfire one night on the Fiery Gizzard, which is down uh, in Grundy County, the okay. Fiery Gizzard Trail, with Cumberland State Park. I think. Okay, okay. Foster Falls, that okay. area. Yep, yep. We're on the Fiery Gizzard Trail, sitting at the Small Wilds Campground, and my buddy Ray said, "You should really start this into a business." <laughs> and I was like, "Maybe I should." Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So uh, I went and got me a business license and. I think my first year, I, I sold about $3,000 worth of stuff. Okay. Uh, Which just, is operating out of your home at that yeah, point? Yeah, on, on my kitchen table. So so at that point, um, you know, after the, the obviously inspirational bonfire, you know, in nature chat where, where all good things are born, um, what was kind of your lineup, I guess? You know, so when you were like, all right, sure, we'll give it a whirl, you know, what were you pushing at that point? Um, at that point, I was making, so my main products I made was uh, hammocks, tarps. Uh, Are these like, like the, and I'd, I'd obviously just to compare it to a. Most uh, people would know like an Eno. Yeah, so like the parachute hammock. type. Yeah, but a little okay. bit different. They're uh, 
what they call single panel design, and they had some different features on them that made them a little more comfortable. Okay. Um, then uh, rain flies for the hammock. Cool. And then I also made a bunch of little zippered bags and stuff like that where okay. people could organize their gear up and different okay. things. So that was my main offerings when I started. Okay. So hammocks and bags, really, yeah. and, and, and coverings. Yeah. So how did you go about it? What was your what was your kickoff? Did you do a Facebook thing? or were, were you... I started a Facebook page. Um, okay. And it was just Cedar Ridge Outdoors. And I actually came up with the name because I was I sat there wondering what I was going to name this company. And <laughs> it's a tough thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I live down in a hollow, and behind me is a ridge, and it's covered in cedar trees. Boom. So I was like, Cedar there Ridge is. Outdoors. There, there it, is. it is, man. Yeah, cool. It's cool. going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right there. And you're sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. So you're running out of your house and... Um, so it was just the Facebook page. Were you trying to, I guess, really just get a feel for how it was going to work, or did you kind of shoot out and think about maybe contacting any larger companies or anything plan, like that? Man. <laughs> I love there it. There was no plan. Sure, sure. I mean, <laughs> I was you... like, man, I'm just going to do what I can do. And, cool. And, you know, I got hooked up with a couple like uh, Facebook pages on Facebook that did uh, like specialized in selling like used backpacking gear, okay, and stuff like that, and. They usually have a lot of rules about like companies advertising stuff on them. They don't want companies sure. advertising on them. So I talked to some of the admins and they said, well, here's what it is. If you like make a bunch of products that you have in stock, you can just sell them. Oh, cool. You know, we'll let cool. you sell them on okay. there. Under your company's name, we'll let you sell them. Sure. But no like advertising and this and that. Absolutely. But you can sell like pre-made products on there. Okay. So I did that and <clears throat> got busier and busier and, uh, I started making uh, down some down like uh, underquilts and what what is called an underquilt, which hangs underneath the hammock. Okay. So it keeps your backside warm cool. when you're in the woods. Okay. And then we have a top quilt that goes on top. Wow. And so I started making some of those. Um, I just, as I could afford it, I'd buy some material and some down and I'd sew up some and sell them. And so I started getting people like hitting me up. Hey. We yeah. really, those are, they look awesome. You know, can we get you to make us one? And yeah, yep. And I got busier and busier. I was like, man, I need some help. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So my buddy Richard, who uh, we've been friends for a long time, we went to paramedic school together. Um, I said, hey, I said, uh, I really need some help making this stuff, and which I had made him stuff. And he said, he says, yeah, he said, I'll come help you. And so he started helping me just getting stuff done and we just became business partners. Okay. And it so it was me wow. and him in my living room, kitchen and dining room. <laughs> With five kids. <laughs> you got a bunch of animals around or you got dogs and cats and I stuff. I got a too? dog and a cat. Okay. So you've got a, quite the show going yeah, on man. over there. Okay. So we're 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 just, you know, hammering away at the stuff and, and trying to get it done and you know, my wife would be dinner's ready. All right, we'll clean all the stuff up. Sure. Move it up. Get all these damn feathers out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I was stuffing down quilts in my in my hallway bathroom in the bathtub with the shower curtain drawn. Oh, my god! Because that stuff goes everywhere. Oh, I can imagine. It's so lightweight <laughs> and just floats around everywhere. So I do it in there because I keep it kind of contained. And okay. I can clean it up. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you were but, making quilts and and things in a bathtub at yeah, your house. What? That's so right. awesome. Cool. Cool. Uh, so you two join together and 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 uh, kind of take a look at this as far as you know you having this full time job. So what is your? I, I'm, I'm friends with some firefighters as well too, and I know that kind of schedule is like. Um, what, 24 on, 48 off kind of mm-hmm. thing? Is that what you're looking like, too? That's what it is, 24 on, 48 off. Okay. So I work my 24-hour shift, and it's still the same way today. I work my 24-hour shift, and then I'm in the shop okay. for two days. Uh, it used to be seven days a week. Uh, my wife shut that down. Okay. Weekends are... Sure, absolutely. you got to have that time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I completely understand, you know. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm home on the weekends. Cool. If there's, there are times where, like, I really got to get something done. I'll run to the shop for a few hours on... Sure. A Saturday or something, but for the most part, weekends are at home. I don't, I don't do good. any work on the weekends. Good. So. Well, it keeps your sanity too, you yeah. know, and it keeps the the home life good because if the home life's you know got some struggles, it's going to kind of reflect into everything else, and uh, you got to have this kind of symbiotic relationship with everybody. And uh, well, it was that was a tough one to learn because you know my my wife she she says you know you got a lot of projects and a lot of hobbies mm-hmm. and, and all these things and. Nothing ever seems to get finished, and sure. you know. So she was very skeptical. Sure. In the beginning, sure, <laughs> I can imagine. Like, Absolutely, it's like, just a hobby. Like, yeah, just cut it out. Man. Sure, you know, spend some more time with the family, and sure, you know. So we we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things uh, when it was starting, and it it it, it caused a few problems. But, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, now it, we're here today. It worked, like, you know. Like, cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> it's bringing in money. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. It pays for some vacations and stuff, too. I mean, I completely get it. I've run into the same issues as well. And, you know, once those hobbies kind of, you know, I, 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 time is obviously the most valuable asset, at, at, you know, on earth. And, um, you know, making that decision to shed some things or take on something new or, um, you know, deciding when enough is enough on something I completely understand because, um, you know, there, there are decisions that have to be made within the family and, and to follow kind of your passion or what drives you is, is something that, um, you know, having compassion and consideration for everybody else involved is a, is a tough process. Um, but it seems like it succeeded and, um, so it's, it's you two guys there, um, kind of, I guess, step back from, from why you started it as far as pricing goes. So how are you, when you started it, um, you know, your main driver was obviously quality, but also, you know, at an affordable price. So kind of, how did you, I guess, meet that niche, you know, when you started the business? So I had to learn a lot about business when I, you know, started this, I, it, you know, there was a lot that I didn't know. Sure. You know, there was a lot that, there's a lot that goes into business that. And the more you find out, <laughs> the more you figure out you don't know, you know, so it's just kind of just this rabbit hole. Yeah. So I, I mean, I talked to a lot of people and listened to a lot of people, people that had experience in business and experience running businesses. And, uh, I just, I kind of was like a sponge when it came to business, just trying to learn as much as I could. And I'm still learning, you know, I'm, I'm still, I still got a lot to learn when it comes to business. And, uh, you know, the, one of the things I heard, I heard a lot was there, there's, there's different markets, you know, that you reach. There's a, you know, you got your high cost, high quality stuff that, you know, that you don't make as much of, but you know, it's really high, it's, it's high quality and, and it costs a premium. Then you got your run of the mill, you know, you're making more of it. It doesn't cost, it's a little bit cheaper and, and you can get a little bit more out. And then you got your lower quality, which is mass produced, low cost. Okay. Uh, it's It doesn't cost a lot to manufacture and you're doing lots of volume. Okay. And so 
when I had they were explaining the thing, they said you're not that high volume guy. Okay, you can't be doing low volume products and selling them for sure bare minimum profit. Sure, and uh, you know it it was a struggle, you know, because I didn't I really had a you know, I remember I, I remembered what things cost, and I was mm-hmm. like I was like man I want to you know take care of people and this and yeah. that and, you know, and it was a it was just a lesson. <laughs> We had to learn, me and Richard both, and it was just about getting pricing right of keeping that, uh, keeping a balance on, you know, charging what we have to charge for a product with a little bit of profit mm-hmm. and uh, without trying to rip people off. Sure. And giving them the best product we can for that money. Cool. So that, that's what really what we've tried to focus on. And also, we've always tried to treat all our customers like family or like I'd want to be treated. Cool. You know, so... You know, and that's what we hear time and time again is, man, you guys have such great customer service. That's awesome. And I mean, even though somebody asks, they order something, like we're backed up on orders right now. Some of them are three months old. Okay. You know, it's just it's everything we make is. is custom ordered. And, cool. you know, it's just, you know, we get people, sometimes sometimes people get mad and they're like, you, it takes you three months to make a quilt. Well, no, it takes us three months to make 300 quilts. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of them, yeah, and it's kind of first come, first serve on that. So um, it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, so are you all still obviously manufacturing all these things in-house at that location? Yeah, we make everything everything there in our location in Dixon. Okay. Wow. Yep. So, uh, same sewing machine, or have you upgraded on that one? We've upgraded a few things over the years. Okay. Um, We uh, we had actually... When we moved out of my kitchen, we moved into a 12 by 35 shed into my backyard. That okay. had a, we run power out to it, and me and Richard stood in this thing, and I looked around, and we're like, man, this thing is huge. Yeah. We're never going to fill we're this thing up. We're not in the bathtub up. anymore. Yeah. We're never going to fill this shop up. It's so big. That lasts about a month. No way. <laughs> Good. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we stayed in there for about a year. <laughs> okay. And uh, a little over a year, and we really started... Me and Richard talk all the time about, you know, there's always been times in this journey where we've had to make a decision, mm-hmm. and it seems really hard to make that decision. And we talk a lot about it, think a lot about it, talk some more about it, mm-hmm. argue about it, <laughs> get mad, mm-hmm. come back over some beers, sure. talk about it some more, you yep. know. And, uh, you know, it always seems like we, we made the right decision, and it's we've been better for it, cool. you know. So that, cool. that, that's been that's been great. Uh, we actually moved into our shop in Dixon, uh we started in our January 2nd of 2019. Okay. So is when we moved in there. So you moved in, and it, how big is that space? It's 1,600 square feet. Okay. And we're currently, right now, we have, we're running four sewing machines in there. Oh, my gosh. And uh, big industrial sewing machines. Okay. So, so is, it full, is it full like the shed now? I mean, it did, how long did that take before? Uh, it it's not full. I'm, okay. I'm sure we could probably do some reorganizing and, sure. and, and find sure. some more space for things. But uh, we got a... We have bigger stuff in there now than what we used to have, a bigger cutting table from a fabric. Okay. We have a big fabric truck that has rolls of material on it that we pull stuff off. And uh, so it's just, and we have big, all the industrial sewing machines and stuff. So we've, we spent a lot of time uh, investing a lot of money back into the company to make one, our jobs easier and mm-hmm. make the product 
higher quality. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to do that too, especially, um, you know, kind of really not necessarily you just got started, but uh, right there at kind of the birth of the business in order to, to get it to a point, you got, you, you got to know where you're going a little bit almost. And, um, you know, to get it to the point where you can kind of delegate, whether that be to a person or to a machine, you know, making your life harder or easier obviously allows you more time to, with the family or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe to, to kind of operate on a, a little bit of the creative side. You know, I've had the conversations of entrepreneurs that those decisions you were talking about, those hard ones of, of you know, where am I at in this business? Do I want to remain doing the kind of the day-to-day stuff or do I want to kind of operate more on the creative side? And you've got to kind of break the break up that, that rhythm that you've been in for a while and, and, and invest that money. So um, so I guess uh, on that topic of, of, of you and uh, making these and, and the innovation portion of it, um, what about field testing? I mean, how does that look in, you, in your space? So a lot of our field testing was done by me and Richard initially. Cool. Um, I spent a lot of times out really cold nights in the woods, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, it's, it's going to be real real cold tonight. Let's get the gear and yeah, let's go out. Know, down in the tens, you know, zero okay. degrees, you know, out just testing stuff. And then uh, as we kind of grew, grew a little more, we uh, just fed a lot of gear out to people. Um, stayed, we really tried to t- stay really engaged with our customers and stuff like, hey, give us feedback. Cool. Like, if it's good, let us know. If sure. it's bad, let us know. Sure. If it needs to be fixed, let us know so mm-hmm. we can fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. We can't fix it if we don't know. Right. You know, if you see a problem or a design flaw, or you know, it didn't keep you warm or whatever, we want to know about it, and we're going to make it right. So that was always our uh, our plan. You know, always our our vision. Mm-hmm. And you know, so now we've gotten feedback from people, and we have now we have brand ambassadors and stuff that oh really canada you know they're cool you know using our stuff and pushing it to the absolute max limit we've had stuff at Everspace space camp wow you know? <laughs> no way yeah. that's phenomenal ain't quite made it up the mountain yet. sure <laughs> hey but you're at the damn mountain that's close enough that is that is crazy so um so get it. I mean, how'd you? So so you've grown it enough, and you 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 kind of made friends through these Facebook groups, and um, you know, obviously, probably ran across some people on the trail or whatever it may be. So how how'd you how did you snag those brand ambassadors? Um, the brand ambassadors are actually a pretty new thing uh, okay. this year. Um, one was a girl that reached out to us. She's in Canada, and she does a lot of photography, and she also does a lot of hiking, and so it was kind of a relationship that kind of made sense you know like i don't have time and mm-hmm. i'm not a good photographer absolutely to be taking pictures all the time and this and that she is a good photographer cool. and she spent a lot of time in the outdoors so it was kind of a perfect situation a perfect relationship mm-hmm. you know she sends us pictures and, and this and that does a lot of photography and stuff for us so um and then the other guy that his name's nick Cornett, and uh, he's got a youtube channel called the wandering kiltsman the wandering kiltsman okay yeah, and he's hiked the appalachian so is he Trail. scottish or uh, I don't know if he's Scottish or not, but he does wear a kilt. <laughs> okay. All over the place. <laughs> That's awesome. He's got a big old beard. Cool. It's not red. It's sure, black. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. He could be. Okay. Uh, he does hike in a kilt, and he's hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, wow. and this year he's hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Fantastic. Which is what they would call the Triple Crown of oh, hiking. So okay. It's the, okay. It's the three longest trails in the United States. You know, the Appalachian Trail is... 
And that runs from, from what, Georgia, Georgia to Maine? Maine. Okay, and yeah. I, I couldn't tell you how long the Continental Divide Trail is. It's pretty long. And sure. Then, uh, and that's in Pac- Colorado, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the Pacific Crest Trail goes from Mexico to Canada. So okay. Wow. Up the West Coast. So he just has this YouTube channel. Is that like, and then monetizes that? Uh, or is that... Yeah, and then he also has uh, does some Facebook and Instagram stuff, and okay. he also hikes for Veterans Awareness cool. and stuff like that. He's cool. a he's a super solid guy, man. He's so he's he's such a nice guy too, and uh, he actually bought both of his quilts that he has from us. Uh, he bought himself, and it's just. Uh, we kind of asked him if we wanted to come on, and I tried to send him gear. He's like, "No, nah, man, my stuff works fine." And wow, like, so, the stuff that he originally bought. Yeah, so yeah. we ended up making his dog a quilt. Oh no way! <laughs> so his dog goes with him on the trips the dog, too. The dog's gonna go with him uh, on the PCT. There's parts of it that he can't go. Sure, uh, but uh, what he can go, the dog's gonna go. So we made the so dog. What that look like? Was it just like a little? It's just a square like quilt. That's you know? awesome! <laughs> you know? Cool. That's really really cool. Uh, so are you seeing that kind of turn into? Um, obviously that's bringing in different, uh, you know, potential opportunities. Um, are you seeing those two ambassadors really kind of drive business or, I mean, how, how's that looking? Um, what, what I really seen is they, they help in our social media presence, especially okay. with Instagram and, and stuff like that. I'm, I still don't have Facebook figured out, you know, right. especially as far as the, you know, I can get on Facebook and do this and that and make posts and like things and this, but you know, Facebook has so many algorithms that run for businesses and making posts and, and who sees what and sure. how they see it. And it's just, I can't figure it out. It's a wild deal. And yeah. whether to pay for a boost post and what time to post. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. One thing I did learn is if we post at 7 o'clock at night, we get more likes, yep. comments, and views on a post if I post it. Just at any other time. So yep. I schedule all our posts to post at 7 o'clock at night. Cool. So do you backlog those and they just automatically post? <laughs> yeah, I can post? just schedule them. Yep. And they'll, That's the best. They'll just post. and Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of getting a little more detail as far as uh, you know how your business operates now kind of internationally. We'll start with um, kind of where you're getting all your stuff from. Obviously, they're American-made because you make them here in Dixon. Um, but where where you get the material and, and your suppliers and stuff like that? So all our, we source all our materials from the United States. Cool. So um, it that doesn't mean that that's where it comes from initially. Sure. But we do buy from American suppliers. Our material suppliers in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, they also do uh, laser cutting and fabric printing for us. Okay. Cool. Um, and then our down comes from Ohio. Okay. Um, the down most of the down comes from overseas it's all traceable okay responsibly sourced down and it cool. comes from we buy our down from a company called down tech down tech and okay. they do uh does that come from a chicken i mean what is where does a, the down feathers come from uh goose or duck okay um, is what it comes from goose okay. down or duck down we use both okay in our shop um they actually do a, tr- a coating on the down that you know, one, one, one of the bad things about down is that if it gets wet, it's done. Mm-hmm. This stuff, you can take a handful of that down, stick it in a bucket of water, pull it out, it's dry. No way. Yeah. So what's the case? Is it just like a, it's what a, is it? It's a, it's just a DWR coating that they put on the down. Okay. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's really, it's a fantastic. That is nuts. Yeah. I would never have thought that. I'd be, hmm. Yeah, because I always, you know, down in the rain, man, you, you bad off, yeah. you know. That's, that's, so so even from the material to the inside stuffing, it's pretty much really, really weatherproof. Yep, it, it does it does very well in, in the weather. And we also, 
We also do a synthetic um, bag too that has a synthetic feel to it, which does even better in weather. So sure, cool. Um, so uh, taking taking that and expanding it, so you, that's your kind of intake. Um, so your output, uh, obviously, um, local. So I guess to kind of touch on this real quick, are you a retail store as well? Is it just order, or how does that look? So we have a web a website that. M- 99.9% of our orders get placed on. Okay. We do have people here locally uh, that know that we're here and, and use our stuff, and they come into the shop and either one place an order or see if we have anything hanging on the rack that's okay. either a second, like something that we would normally not ship to a customer because there's something wrong with it, a flaw okay. in the material or something, and uh, or you know sometimes we make things and people cancel on orders. So. Cool. So we don't... We don't have that a lot. <laughs> so there's not a lot of walk-in. Like you don't have a lot of, I guess, shelf space filled with kind of product people can. No, it's just... mostly manufacturing. Cool. Cool. But I mean, if people want to come in and check out the process, yeah, Richard's a great tour guide. Okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's here are our badass sewing machines, you know, and then all the material and. Um, cool. So uh, where, uh, how, how did? Um, how did it go to become? Uh, was it the ambassadors that made it international, or I mean, how did that kind of develop? No, um, so you know, through Facebook, and then just it was like wildfire. Like we, like just word of mouth. You know, we, it was people were mentioning us in groups that I was not even a part of. Like I didn't know anything about this group or anything. And they're like, "Oh, you should join this group over here. You should join this group okay. over here." And, and this and that, so you know, it it was just like wildfire, man. It spread, and, and I mean, we were. So we started in 2016 as an official company, and the first three years up into 2019, we were having 200 percent growth every year. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! It's very that's a difficult blessing. To yeah, keep up with. yes, yes. Especially, you know, that's that's one thing I didn't understand about business is. You know, to support that kind of growth, you have to have capital. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. because you have to be able to buy things to Absolutely. keep up and this and that. And you know, I was I went to my grandfather and you know told him the situation, talked to him about it, and uh, asked him for a loan, and he gave me a ten thousand dollar loan Hell to yeah. get started up in our building here. Cool, and uh, which that was when he gave me that loan, I was like, oh shit, I was like man, we've if we've done it to a point that my grandfather will give me a ten thousand uh-huh, dollar loan uh-huh. to get our new shop going, like my grandfather doesn't do that. Okay, <laughs> so he really believed in what yeah, was going he really on. Yeah, did. You know, and we made him a quilt too and gave it to him, and he was like, "Man, this is so awesome! Cool. I'm so proud of you." <laughs> Which we paid him back now I with his interest. It. He, he sure, interest sure. On loan, so. so it was a legitimate loan structure. <laughs> it was a yeah, loan, you know, for my grandfather, we we made monthly payments to him and, cool. and got them all paid back. So it was great, you know. And I bet that made him so happy too. Yeah, he was. He was. He's. All the time, he asked me all the time, "How's it going?" Good. The man work covered up. That's Good. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I made a great investment. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. So. Um, so he, uh, so this is this is kind of blowing my mind. So this thing, um, an international business with an American made product, you know, here locally, really was birthed from just Facebook references, seemingly. Pretty much. Yep. Wow. Mountain, word of mouth and. 
That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So, so where is it going? Um, you know, you so you've got your quilts, you've got your pack. Are they backpacks or just packs? Or? Um, no, we we've actually the only thing we really make now is just the quilts. Okay. I mean that's okay. that's our mark. That that's where our our market and everything kind of steered us into making those. Okay. And uh, you know we have some competitors on the market, and some of them are friends with, some of them not so friendly with. Absolutely. But, um, some of them are actually some of our best friends that we were competitors with. They have a little bit different business model, and uh, but they're great guys. Okay, great to hang out with and have a beer with. So sure. Well, I'm sure there's some <laughs> awesome conversations because y'all are obviously dealing kind of with the same things with growth. Yeah, and I just did love a podcast. Uh, well, it was actually a video stream podcast thing last Thursday with uh, two of our other competitors. Okay. And it, it was supposed to last for two hours, and went on to almost three hours because the last third hour was just all all of us ragging on each other. <laughs> <laughs> a good inside view of how the world works and the world of outdoor manufacturing. That's 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 awesome. Well, I I uh, I'm in the kind of the hospitality space um, in the insurance Dixon Insurance here, and um, I, I I really kind of niche in breweries just nationwide. Just kind of my thing, and it's the same thing as I'll listen to a lot of brewer podcasts, and sure they'll talk about a lot of beer, but it's the same thing. It's it's competitors, it's different breweries from around the country that are there together on that podcast, you know, and they're and they're just just this creative space, you know, and they do they rag on each other and talk yeah, shit and all that. So like this industry that we're in, they kind of call it like. I don't know if it's called it in anything else than like the outdoor gear world. Okay. They call it a cottage manufacturer. That's what they call it. Okay. And that's what we're considered is a cottage manufacturer. manufacturer. And there's a few of them around and it's, it's really just a, a name for a, a small business that manufactures everything in house. And, you know, okay. uh, I mean, here in the U S you know, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. And there's there's some of us dotted around. It's mo- they're mostly out this way, uh, on the East Coast. So, okay. Um, I don't know if it's the East Coast thing or. Have you, um, you know, this may be against kind of your morals, but have you looked at um, maybe the option of uh, not necessarily selling out to give up management, but maybe a bigger company at all that may be able to, if you want to grow, provide kind of that funding in order to kind of keep doing what you're doing and same quality, but maybe have a like a, not necessarily like a North Face or you know Spider or whatever it may be. But uh, I mean, it's never off the table, I cool. guess. But um, one of our competitors that's actually how they got to be as big as they are right now which they're a, they're a really big company okay um and they're up up north and they actually had a from what i hear the story went is they were having hard times and mm-hmm. some big canoe manufacturing company like came in and influxed a bunch of cash in the okay. company and got them like over the hump and to where they are now which okay <laughs> and now, is that really is that company. um is that have they had run into any issues of this company like tightening down on how they operate or trying to direct too much or uh not that i know of i mean i i know that i know that when companies get bigger quality control concerns become mm-hmm. a, a quality control becomes a big concern sure you know and i i know that they had some issues with that and then that they have worked to fix those and stuff like that you know and um i mean it's just it's one of those things where you know if you're in business mm-hmm. <laughs> growth is always the goal yeah you if know? you're not growing you're dying kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always want to be going up you yeah. know and and so that's always our 
that's always our goal is to keep growing and and grow along with the demand and and try to keep our quality as good as we can keep it okay. and and which we've done a really good job we you know there there's been issues that we've had where we've missed something and you know customers say hey i got this and it looks like this or i saw this on it and you know we usually try to turn those around really fast cool. of, of making them a replacement and getting it getting the right product to them or okay um some some people are like hey it's not that big of a deal with me if you want to refund me like send me a refund i'm cool with sure. that and, yeah whatever sure. man you sure. know, we'll take care of you Whatever, whatever's going to make it right by exactly, by customer, yeah. Whatever you know, we're, we're makes you kind of you know say some good things about the company yeah. and you know keep that reputation going. Um, so uh, Dixon, has it been kind of so obviously, like I said, not necessarily a huge retail exposure, but has Dixon kind of um, been a good environment for you guys to operate? Yeah, we love it. Um, I mean, we actually love where our shop is. We're kind of right. Right there downtown, but kind of off back a little bit from downtown. Sure. So lunchtime's great, man. Oh, yeah. So many options. So many options of some great lunch, a little bit of everything. Back alley, you know, House of Brews is like right, right there. around the alley from yeah, us. So. that's awesome. Yeah, and Little Bite's moving. Yeah, um, they're going to be right across the street yeah, from us. Yeah, I was going to so. say. Like, so. we'll, we'll be able to see them from our front door. And we were actually talking about everything. the other day. Cool. I said, man, when they move over there, their fried green tomatoes aren't going to stand a chance. Oh, man, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that place. I think, I mean, I love all the places, especially in the downtown area. And, um, you know, we were talking about how kind of, um, you know, some of the guys that you're friends with, you know, they are competitors, but they're good guys and they're friends. And I feel like that's kind of the vibe of Dixon as well, too, is that a lot of these businesses work well together and they don't try to step on each other's toes and, um, you know, they help each other out. And, um, you know, I've just kind of seen that steadily Go we, and we grow as well too. What's that? My my buddies that are competitors. It's it's the friend petition. Friend petition. Okay. Yeah, instead of competition, it's the friend, friend petition. petition. Okay. So, now we're on talking. Other, like yeah, who's you, got, who had a better month? And, <laughs> you, know. you may want to trademark that one. Yeah, I put a trademark on that one. That but is, then we meet up in Asheville like once a year and, and have okay. beers and uh, we we do it to a big event out on the. Uh, in Virginia and stuff every year called Trail Days. Okay, uh, it's in Damascus, Virginia, and we always meet up and hang out and and have a good time and cool before and we it, go at, handle at, business. So you said you went to at, you go to Asheville every year. We go to Asheville. We usually meet up spot. once t- once a year in Asheville. Okay, so and my have sister a good time. lives out there, and so I've visited quite a bit, and it's it's so pretty. Like there's there's so, there. so many, <laughs> so many breweries. I mean, I, my head spins every time I walk, you know. And We and always joke about the, you know, we're in the business of hiker, hiking and hikers and taking care of hikers of, you know, all these people doing the Appalachian Trail through hike and stuff, doing the Asheville through hike. <laughs> Yeah. Bouncing around in the breweries, yeah. Making all, getting all of them one night. <laughs> you got to do it all in one night. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how, how bad that would be or good. I don't know. You know, it would be real interesting if you had like a horse and buggy to take you around <laughs> everywhere, you know, and, yeah. and pick you up and drop you off. Um, so I, not necessarily stepping away kind of from you in the business, but uh, just Dixon in general, I always like to get – um, a perspective from people, and especially uh, you've been here for you know quite some time now. Um, Dixon's obviously changed quite a bit, and it's seen its issues and its its growing pains, and um, you know things like that as well too. So, um, where do you see you know kind of Dixon over the next you know five years? I mean, obviously 
the entrepreneurial spirit here is great. You know, you and and, and the downtown area, you know, with Bordables and Olive and Gold, and yeah. it's everybody, and most of them are local. Um, you know, and and tend to do well, and they're well supported, especially through these crazy times. And um, you know, everybody was pretty much able to stay afloat. So um, I, I would love to just kind of get your opinion as kind of where you see Dixon, you know, in relation to maybe some satellite towns and. Um, you know, kind Dixon's of what it, growing, man. yeah, it's blowing up, you know? Um, so, you know, where do you see kind of maybe it going either downtown or whatever it may be as far as, you know, the growth pattern? Um, I think, I don't know I've seen a lot of people ragging on downtown lately. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know. Downtown's really becoming to a, it's really. What are they saying? I just, people make these snarky posts about, I come visit our downtown about Dixon and have some thing with three little shops and cars out front. I'm like, man, you you just haven't really been down there. Sure, yeah. Like, man. Entrench yourself. It's it's nice. Like, take a walk down Mm -hmm. there. Go in some shops. Mm -hmm. Stop in a restaurant and have lunch. Sure. (laughs) You know, it's... Because the food's not just good. The service at all of them is fantastic. I mean, I've, I've never had a bad meal downtown, and I bought... You know, I bought jewelry for my wife downtown. Yep. And, you know, it's it's just a great, I mean, it's a great area. And it's not just Main Street. I mean, get off the little fingers and, and stuff like that. And yep. there's more to find in the alleys and the yep. alcoves off Main Street, you yep. know. And you got furnace brewed, and, you know, yeah. back in there. You know, it's great. It's a Katie's great Katie's ice cream, you know, on the backside, got great ice cream. And that new parking lot, too. You yep. know, there's uh, some people that had some issues with that and, uh, kind of the upcoming skate park, which I kind of had my initial thoughts, but you know, after talking to some people, it's going to be a great thing. And the parking lot already is a great thing because that invites the, people to stay here. I just saw the plans or mm-hmm. for the skate park, and they, yep. they look they look pretty cool. And and you know, and I thought in my mind when that was first coming, um, I thought, you know, could they have not put that somewhere else? Or um, but from talking to the downtown business owners. Um, there's a not necessarily a problem, but there's a situation of skateboarders and you know people on wheels that are kind of just all over everybody's property, you know, whether they like it or not, and um, you know, you hear of some issues that kind of come up. So, um, you know, the thought on building that behind the fire department was really to to give them a place to go, you know, yeah. a legitimate place to do their tricks and to grind and things that they could really. Um, you know, perform, I guess, uh, what they, you know, how they wanted to perform, um, you know, and, and put that down there. I, I initially thought it was just going to be, end up being like a huge suck hole and all these skateboarders are going to be all over downtown. And, you know, from the conversations, it seems like they're just going to kind of be over there in their yeah. space and, you know, and have a good environment close to town, safe, well lit, you know, and, um, you know, and again, that parking lot there, it, it really invites people, you know, I joke all the time to where, uh, you know, people that may be at goalpost and, you know, they think that walking all the way down to House of Brews is a long walk sometimes, you know. They'll walk from the back part of the Walmart parking lot to the meat section at Walmart, yeah. you know, and think, oh, you know, so it's all in kind of what's there, what provides that walkability. And I think Dixon's at that point and, and it's continuing to do so as far as there is something to do or to, to – it doesn't seem like there's such a void between North and South Main Street anymore. Yeah, and I, I've been really happy to see the money that uh, the city has put in to revitalizing the downtown district and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, upgrading the sidewalks and, you know, the landscaping and I mean, just down to the landscaping. I mean, it's just downtown just – it's such a pretty place to be, you know, during, whether it's during the holidays, at right. night, you know, it's it's different ambience all the time, and it's always great people down there. Absolutely. I've never had a – never run into trouble anything any mm-hmm. trouble nothing down there it's always great 
Yeah, and uh, you know the new chamber office is over there. Yeah. And of course, the police department, and so everything's kind of just centrally located there. And everybody seems to kind of do stuff too, as far as um, you know. Furnace has got trivia on Thursdays, and House of Brews always has something going on, or or live music, you know, or karaoke, you know. So that's it's not just. There's these great places with great service and great food and great beer and drinks or whatever, but there's also activities too. Yeah. You know, there's things to to do besides go in there and and just do that. And um, it's got a special place in, in a lot of people's hearts. You know, mine mine included. And um, I'm just excited to kind of see where it's going and and kind of you know where it's going to be in the next five years. So. Um, so to you, uh, anything that you know you may want to tell people that that you may need or something about your business that they may not know or you know, you know, kind of what you're looking, you know, how to connect with people maybe in Dixon. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah it just is what it is. We're 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 kind of you know. Are you planning yeah, any kind of maybe showcase at all, like a like a? We keep talking about Old Timers Day because we got cool. that parking lot that's out in front of us that yeah. is actually part of. Uh, the lease that we have on the building, like it's included oh, cool. in that. That's so that awesome. whole parking lot that's in front of us is is with that building. Okay. And uh, of maybe just setting up a thing there in the parking lot one year at Old Timers Day with some hammocks and uh, some different stuff and just, you know, maybe a little lounge area or something cool. for people to come by and hang out. And Use it's your hard though and... because we, we have hammock stands, but like you got to like hold on to them when people sit in. So <laughs> I don't, like once they get in them and there's weight on them, right. they're fine. Right. But, you know they'll walk a little bit, so sure. it just it kind of gets me a little leery. Okay, uh, I don't want to loss. We go to we go to trail days every year, and we have a hammock stand set up and all that stuff. People climb in and out of yeah. them, you know, and it's but it's they're all like they're all people that are through hiking the Appalachian Trail and stuff like that. So they're they understand it's how to whatever, get in man. They're just thing. jumping in them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think Old Timers Day would be a great time for that. You know, and that what a wonderful tradition that Dixon has as well too, as far as. You're really, really shining a light on not just the history of this town, but you know where it is now in the present as well, too, and allowing an opportunity for these local businesses and outside businesses as well um, to kind of come in and showcase themselves, yeah. or have a booth, or have a tent, or um, you know, I know a lot of permits get uh, approved during that time, or um, you know, during a St. Patty's thing like this weekend, a lot of places are able to you know they'll block off Main Street or part of it and. Um, you know, they can expand their business to the sidewalk or out into the street or whatever it may be. <laughs> it's funny about our, our old parking lot in front of our shop is, you know, we, we close down at four and leave. Like uh-huh. we, we work eight to four in the shop every day. And if I have to like swing back by there at like four thirty or something to grab something, that parking lot is already filled up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and wow. then by five, if it's by five, it's full. You, <laughs> you ain't getting a spot. You there. gotta find another place to park <laughs> on that one. So That's it's, just, awesome. it's just amazing that how downtown like transforms mm-hmm. from the day you got, you know, business manufacturing like yep. what we're doing. You know, you got the boutiques and stuff. Some of them are printing shirts, goalposts is down there mm-hmm. doing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do so much stuff in there. They're so busy all yeah. the time. Yeah. They do all our hats and stuff for cool. us too. So cool. uh I mean they just they do whatever you want in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it kind of transitions into this 
night spot with yep. you know restaurant and you know you grab you a good drink some good food and yep. you know it's just amazing how it just kind of morphs itself right yeah and it's <laughs> it's cool like you're absolutely right like whenever i go downtown to eat lunch you know there's a certain crowd there you see it's some, a different it's a different atmosphere a whole different atmosphere <laughs> i mean literally uh, you know in the in the in the most uh you know perfect way you know uh way to say it is it's a it's a it's a night and day difference really mm-hmm. you know i mean you 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 really do get um, you know, not and not that it's good or or bad in either selection, but you're right. You do get kind of the lunch crowd, people here in and out, and there's some great, really quick lunch spots down there too mm-hmm. that that are fast serviced. And then again, you're right. You can have this kind of relaxing and romantic or you know exciting kind of playful night on on Main Street. You yeah, know, absolutely. and and it's you don't you don't really see that in a lot of uh, too terribly many places and. Um, especially kind of with the camaraderie or, you know, it's kind of almost the, the perfect size. There's, it's not too big and too wild, but there's, you know, plenty to do for a night really. And, um, you know, Dixon getting to the point to where somebody from out of town can really come here and spend a whole day, not just yeah, downtown. I mean, they can go to Montgomery Bell or go to Hensley or then go downtown and then go down 46 or, um, you know, go to Charlotte and kind of see the birthplace of, of, of Dixon and the real historic part of it. And I saw that um, Sweet Charlotte is actually looking at doing or starting to do a songwriter's night at that new, oh, wow. which I think, I think, and I have Willie Spate on, who's the king of Charlotte, um, at 2.30 this afternoon. I'm going to ask him, but um, I think that the, what that building next to uh, Sweet Charlotte is actually, I think, maybe one of the oldest buildings in Dixon County. I yeah. think it's like 200 years old or something yeah, like that. So, so, um, so yeah, it's. Do you know Willie? I don't know. Willie. Oh man, you do. He's the greatest. <laughs> he, yeah, you'll have to listen to him whenever I post it. He's really tied into Charlotte. He owns that uh, mercantile place over there. Off Main Street. By the bank? Uh, yep, right by the bank. Kind of yeah. caddy corner? Yep, caddy corner. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's him right there where Santa is every year. Yeah. And he kind of helps run when they, when they used to do it pre-COVID kind of thing that um, – those cars on on the square or whatever yeah, it may be cruising yeah. in or cruising the on the square cruising cruising. or something like that or yep. whatever it was yep. yeah yep so uh super interesting person i'm glad that he uh was able to take some time to, to kind of meet me this afternoon but um so yeah that's that's kind of dixon in the snapshot and um you know I, we're at an hour so we'll probably wrap it up but i, I do appreciate you taking the time it's a great business you're kind of you're over there you you can be seen kind of from the road you're not too jucked away and um, fantastic American-made product. You know everything's manufactured in-house, and if you want your stuff, you better put your order in early. You know, put it in yeah. now. And um, you're obviously a very likable guy, and um, and easy to talk to. So uh, provide great customer service, um, and and a, and a great staple, and a, and a great addition to downtown as well too. So. Um, I guess really before we close, if you want to plug any of your socials or kind of how people can get in touch with you. Um, we're on Instagram at, at Cedar Ridge Gear. Uh, Facebook is Cedar Ridge Outdoors. Okay. Um, that's our two main things. I'm on Twitter, but I really haven't figured the Twitter thing out <laughs> okay, yet. Okay, yeah. That's a wild world. I read in more Twitter than anything. Okay, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. You got, you got to keep up with the times. Yeah, um, but... Um, that's it. We got a YouTube channel too, Cedar Ridge Outdoors. It's got a few videos. They're mostly just product uh, okay. related stuff. Uh, we're actually trying to branch out and kind of grow that YouTube side of things, it's big make business. some videos. Yeah. 
and and different things, how tos and okay, you know this and that. Cool. So, do you have those two brand ambassadors tied to your two YouTube at all? Or I, I don't. That's okay. a good idea. I probably yeah. get that. Done. Yeah, that would be neat. <laughs> well, well, I just you know it just creates this just kind of spider web of of things. So. Um, and who were those two people again? So you've got the, the kilted hiker, the wandering kiltsman, okay. and then the, the other girl, it's her, her Instagram name is super weird. Okay. Um, but she, if you pull up our Instagram, like there's all kinds of mentions from her okay. on our, on so our she's page. tagged in whatever yeah, your Instagram stuff is. Stuff okay. Like so she cool. tags us in about everything she posts. So cool. Cool. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're. Slam, slam pack, busy as hell, and you still got a paramedic job to do yeah, as well, too. I worked yesterday. I just got off this morning at 8. Oh, wow. So have you been to bed yet? Uh, I got a little sleep last night. Okay. Not a whole lot. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Nice. You've been running through the ringer, and this has been – this is great. Man, this is life. It is life. You know, you just keep going and keep smiling and keep vibing and, and – um, Cool. Well, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time. It, it means a lot. And um, again, you're, I think, the, the 10th total episode uh, on this. We've had some kind of different segments and some things and started a real estate thing. And I kind of do my own segment as well, too. But this this is kind of what this podcast was built around was it's not really supposed to be about me. I'm just the host. And I've you know, lived here for eight years. And, and there's a lot of people with some cool stories that I know and, and that I don't know. And, and now I know yours. And um, you know, hopefully those out listening, you know, will uh, support this local business and um, go in and chat with them or, you know, maybe see them around drinking a beer or, you know, as soon as um, a little about everything opens over there, I'm sure that you'll be hanging yeah. out over there with those fried green tomatoes. And, and anybody that's listening, if you're new to this area, go check out Montgomery Bell. Oh, absolutely. It is such absolutely. a great place. They have so much going on over there. Just redid uh, the inn and the restaurant yeah, and all stop, that. Stop into the ranger's office and talk to them. They cool. can tell you. What they got going on? They got—I know they got their uh, what is it? Their golf cart treasure hunt thing that yep. they do yep. uh, all the time. And I mean, I've been meaning to go over. That, that sounds super fun. I've been wanting to take my boys <laughs> over there to go yeah. do it. <laughs> well, and you can hike down to these great lakes and fish yep. or kayak or you know whatever it may be, or to go to the big field. There's a big camping ground there, and and they also got their backcountry stuff too. Okay, um, they got the Montgomery Bell Trail. Yep, and depending on where you start on it. If you want a good experience into being in the backcountry at night and not being too far out, you can. I think the shortest one is about a mile and a half hike okay. out to one of their little shelters. Cool. So, and all you really need is a sleeping bag and a, a, a little pad to throw on the ground, and you can sleep right inside the shelter. And how big, how many acres is that? Is it like sixteen hundred or something total? Yeah, it's, it's quite a few, but the Montgomery yeah. Bell Trail is. I think it's a little over ten and a half miles. Okay, the it kind of goes around yeah. the perimeter. Right. And they got three shelters on it in different sprint, different places. Hall Just Springs. like lean two type structures. Yeah, it's a three sided. Okay. Roofed. Okay. Shelter. So cool. I mean, you don't have to. You don't even have to have a tent. Wow. Yeah. What a luxury to have, right? It here. Used to be free. I don't. They may charge you a couple bucks or something now. That's but, nothing. Yeah. For that yeah. experience. But you it know, used to be free. I mean, you just call them, say, "Hey, I want to reserve extra whatever shelter." Like, no problem. Cool. Got you down. Yeah. Just take off. Just go. Right? <laughs> just hang on. Yeah. Be in the middle of it. Watch out for the white bluff screamer, though. You know. I, yeah. I, that's my favorite place to camp over there. Okay. Is the Hall Springs one where they say the white bluff screamer sure. is. Sure. So if you run into any. Nah. Oh, man. Mosquitoes. Been... <laughs> big mosquitoes. <laughs> that Hall Springs, man, they breed them big over oh, there. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've tried to pull some stories about the white bluff screamer. I've, I've read a couple articles and um, I'm always curious if there's any that's kind of run into that boogie ghost you know the boogeyman of the night over there but um cool well thank you warren i, I really appreciate it um y'all go check him out um on his socials that he mentioned earlier and 
Um, you see him walking. He's a he's a he's a he's a big dude, and he's he's uh, a big teddy bear, as he called himself, and uh, hard to miss, and got a smile on his face. So good. Well, I appreciate y'all listening again um, for the second time or third time, really, this week. And uh, be sure to check. I'll have this posted maybe tonight, uh, maybe first thing tomorrow, but it'll be on the uh, at Your Vibes Podcast Facebook, um, yourvibespodcast.com. I've got an Instagram, all same handles. So. Uh, be sure to like, share, and comment. Uh, we love social media interaction. Just let us know your thoughts of what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to hear more of, and uh, tell your friends and family because um, we got a lot more of this stuff coming with a lot more cool people, and uh, we'd love for you all to, to kind of join us on this ride. So uh, thanks again, and see you next time.